Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hello, hello. Welcome, everyone, to the fourth episode of this season of the Brainiac Podcast. This is the podcast of the University of Toronto chapter of the Concussion Legacy Foundation. I am your host, Melissa Biscardi. I'm a registered nurse, concussion clinician, and PhD student at the Acquired Brain Injury Lab at University of Toronto. And today I am joined by my friend and colleague, Dr. Brigida. And we have such a good, exciting episode lined up for you. But before we dig into that, I just want to give a little shout out to our sponsors. Our sponsor is Head Check Health and Head Check Health bridges the gap in concussion care through powerful, simple technology and organizations such as the Canadian Football League, Trek Factory Racing, the Canadian Junior Hockey League, and Volleyball Canada rely on Head Check Health to improve communication and optimize care. So definitely visit headcheckhealth.com for more information. So now, welcome, welcome, Brigitte. So, Brigitte. So we have a little bit of a long history. We met three or four years ago. We have done a few lives together. And now this, I think, is our first podcast together. And I'm super, super excited. So you seem to be moving farther and farther away from me. When I first connected with you, you were in Ottawa. And then I want to say move to Newfoundland. And then now you're in Stockholm. And you are a naturopathic doctor and a paramedic. And then you moved to Stockholm to open a concussion clinic. So you're definitely passionate about brain health and concussion care. So why don't you tell us a little bit more about your practice? And then we can get into, well, I don't blame you for leaving Canada, but what sort of, um, (laughs) you know, what was the final inspiration for the move and then we can just keep um edging forward in our amazing plan for this podcast 
Thank you. Thank you. It's such a pleasure to do this with you again. It's always so much fun. And it's, um, yeah, it's just amazing to always catch up with you and, and to nerd out. I think that's the best part is just getting to nerd out with you. Um, yeah, as you mentioned, I'm a naturopathic doctor by training, and I was a paramedic for 10 years. So a lot of my work really stemmed from seeing the gap between the two, right? So as a paramedic, I would see these head injuries and the lack of really acute care from the emergency side, other than ruling out the red flags then patients were just like left to figure it out on their own. And then they're trying to figure out like, okay, who, what, where. Um, and as a naturopathic student at the time, I was learning so much about what we can do for brain injury patients and how to support them as well. And then getting um, into the circle of the concussion community and amazing clinicians such as yourself, you're like, holy smokes, there's so many people doing amazing work already, right? So just adding to the work that you do and yeah, I moved all the way over here to Stockholm, Sweden, and I, I miss I miss my concussion community because I find that's the that's the hardest piece here is in Canada and the US, there's been so much awareness over the last couple of years around concussions. And so whether they're being recognized earlier, or at least trained professionals are being sought out, such as yourself. The beauty of it is, you know, I have a referral network. It's like when I need a manual practitioner or physio or you know, an oste- like an osteo and someone who's amazing with like the visual rehab, it's like, go see Melissa or go see this person. And I, I do more of that metabolic piece as a naturopathic doctor. And here there's kind of nobody. So it's, um, yeah, it's, it's really, really- interesting. <laughs> I was going to say, because I'm, and I'm wondering if when you were here, you experienced this because I will have people contact me um from kind of I want to say all over Europe and even had um one young lady from Germany come to Canada for rehab and she had sort of hopped around the different countries close to her right really people are going far and then even farther to access care so I mean I definitely think your clinic is going to start meeting a need that's there what um what else do you see that's different there from here? What is the medical model? Um, so that's, I mean, that's always a thing to figure out when you move to a new new city, <laughs> new country, right? It's like, okay, tell me what your medical model is like. Yes. And having been directly <laughs> do you in have it as one? a parent, <laughs> do you have one? Um, and some culture shock around like what it actually is. So having been a paramedic, you very intimately see it and you're like, oh, okay, this is exactly what it's like. You know, you get welcomed into people's homes, into hospitals, into medical offices, all kinds of places. And, and obviously having so many clinicians as mentors and friends, you kind of really get to understand so much of it, right. And in, in both sides of it. And here you're like, okay, someone tell me what like this, some speaking to some of my post-concussion patients, you know, and they're like, yeah, there's some sort of stuff, but really I think the struggle is much the same as Canada where they might have some clinics, but they're not really doing anything as far as um, concussion specific or it's not up to date. I think that's the biggest thing. Um, The other, the biggest culture shock for me actually was like, do people have family doctors? They're like, not really. And I was like, whoa, I'm like, do you go for yearly, like yearly checkups or anything? They're like, no, not really. So that was a really, really big, I think, culture shock to me. And it's not so much, you know, there's multiple people you can um, maintain your health with, but I think the biggest thing is there's no one to really continue that or to have that kind of track record. Right. So it's not like you have a family doctor and they're like, Oh, I've known you for however many years. And now this is definitely something that's off. 
right? You have a clinician that can see, oh yeah, this has changed. Whereas if you don't have a consistent provider, they're like, well, I don't know what you were like a year ago before your concussion. So how do we know, how do we associate these two things, right? So that's just been an interesting piece. And I think a lot of the education that's been done, like you mentioned, back in Canada and the clinician such as yourself who's really done a lot of like education and awareness. Um, patients are finding, you know, me through some of those networks, really. Um, but yeah, I think that was the biggest culture shock to me. I was like, people don't even have family doctors here. So, and then reaching out to even physios and um, massage therapists and chiropractors, it's the same thing. Like a lot of them are just not aware. They're like, I, it's like, do you screen for concussions? They're like, no, it's not. Wow. not it's really fascinating to me because they are definitely happening, but just an aside, my um, old Brazilian jiu-jitsu coach, you know, he used to say, oh, well, we don't have concussions in Brazil. It just doesn't happen. Right. So, um, but obviously they do. They do. So (laughs) it's just an awareness piece or, which is unfortunate because a concussion the symptoms are really non-specific often. So if you're not looking for it, if there is an awareness, then certainly people can be lost in the system, which definitely still happens in Canada. But I want to say not as much. Mm-hmm. Like there's been so much education and on the media and everything. Yeah. Um, so your clinic, are you working as an independent practitioner? Are you hoping to flesh it out to a multidisciplinary team or what's your, what's your vision? When <laughs> That's you pack a great your question. Bags? <laughs> like, follow yeah. your dream. <laughs> That's pretty much what happened. Yeah. So I'm an independent clinician working on my own and really it's kind of been trying to figure out, you know, who do I have that I can collaborate with? And so there are people like neurooptometrists. optometrists. Um, so some of my patients actually have come as a cross referral from them. Yeah, which is really, really great. So that's the one piece, you know, going from naturopathic doctor to having a neurooptometrist, you're like, okay, this is one piece that's absolutely amazing to have. Um, so yeah, I'm an independent clinician, basically, and hoping to grow. I And the other piece is, you know, how do we raise that awareness that's happened in Canada? Because I think, I want to say maybe it was Rowan's law that really changed a lot of things. Um especially in Ontario, like I remember even coaching figure skating and we had to do training on concussions, right? Which of course it does happen in figure skating, but they're fewer and far between than more high impact sports. So it was just very interesting to see how everything shifted. And, you know, even reaching out to some of the soccer coaches here, I'm like, do you guys get trained in concussion, like recognition or what to do? And they're like, nope. And so, yeah, which is once again, just another thing where you're like, okay, how do we, you know, like you, I think coming from Canada, you can definitely see like, okay, this is what we've done in Canada to really raise that awareness and to, to get people into rehab sooner. So it's like, Mm -hmm. you can see the pieces. And of course, like there's always glitches in in implementing everything. Um, But there's kind of a model that's already been done. So you're like, can we (laughs) do some more education and awareness piece around this? Because like you said, like they're happening. It's just, I don't know if the blinders are on or what's happening, right? And wow. people don't even know. What an opportunity for impact though, right? It so is. that's pretty exciting. <laughs> Daunting and opportunity, right? right? Like they kind of go hand in hand. 
Absolutely. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. So let's talk about a non-specific symptom of concussion then, which is this is, I feel like what we've nerded on, nerded out on the most, which is sleep, sleep post-concussion, mm -hmm. sleep in general. I'm super passionate about this topic. Seems like you are too. Um, so let's talk a little bit about sleep. And I mean, the interesting thing about sleep is many people have issues with sleep, regardless of concussion, but definitely amplified in concussion. And there's some research that says not you know sleep is essentially a modifier of healing after concussion which totally makes sense um so why don't we start off where do you want to start off what are some of the sleep disturbances that can happen after concussion or you know what actually sorry why do we sleep i feel <laughs> I like i was gonna say <laughs> we should start there why do we even sleep right um yeah i think that's a great reason or a great place to start. So I think this is, and this is a great general topic of conversation, right? Because so many people are sleep deprived and they're like, oh, I just have an extra cup of coffee. And it's like, well, it doesn't work that way. Right. Um, if so only. <laughs> <laughs> if only it worked that way. Um, so during sleep is when we actually secrete the most, most amount of growth hormone, right? So repair, recovery, tissue recovery, tissue repair. That's one of the main functions um, we actually prune our synaptic connections and memory formation happens during sleep, right? So all the connections that aren't so strong that your brain's like, oh, I don't, we're going to get rid of those. And then we really consolidate the memory and the information that we learn during the day to actually make that stronger. So when you're studying, most people want to stay up all night and pull all nighters, but it's actually during that sleep that you consolidate that memory. Um, and then the biggest piece too is also our brain's uh, drainage system. So in our body, we have our lymphatic system. In our brain, we have the glymphatic system. So it's basically the drainage system of our brain and it's most active at night as well. And so our brain produces its own metabolic waste per year just by normal function. And so if we have an injury on top of that, then obviously there's more, um, there's more toxins, there's more all kinds of things building up just from the injury, more inflammation. So there's going to be an increased need to actually drain um, and cleanse the tissue as well. And so then we can kind of see if this is not addressed, how it can easily progress into neurodegenerative conditions as we get misfolded proteins and all kinds of different things and a buildup of um, different residual waste and toxins in the brain as well. So sleep is super important for those reasons within the brain. And then- yeah. Oh, I was just going to say, I think it's really, it's a, a little bit of a, a snowball when you start to think about it, because after a concussion, there is all this metabolic waste, that metabolic cascade that's happening as the brain is trying to create homeostasis again. So trying to create that balance, which uses a lot of energy, so it needs sleep. And also to clear all the waste, it needs sleep. And then... A lot of individuals are not able to sleep. So prolonging essentially how much time it takes for the brain to clear this and then essentially prolonging recovery. Absolutely. And I think that's the piece where people are like, okay, I'm super tired. I know I need to sleep. I know my brain needs sleep to repair and to heal itself, but why can't I and sleep? I can't sleep. Exactly. <laughs> I can't sleep. Like this is so frustrating. So it all comes back to our nervous system. And so 
if we break it down very simply, because it is not, but we'll break it down <laughs> as simply as we can. Um, we have our sympathetic nervous system, which is our fight or flight response, and then our parasympathetic nervous system, which is our rest, digest, repair mode. And when a trauma comes into the body, physical, mental, emotional, our body will go into that fight or flight response. And so it's a, it's a quick um, reaction that's meant to keep us safe and keep us alive. So if we're running from a bear or saber tooth tiger, you know, our nervous system hasn't changed in many, many years. Um, and it's not actually a choice response. So it's not like I sit there and I'm like, oh yes, now I'm going to run away from this bear. It just automatically does it. <laughs> and what happens is when there is a trauma, the body will often get stuck in that hyper sympathetic state. So it's constantly on alert. And when you're alert, you're not going to be sleeping because you're looking out for the next thing that's coming, right? So this is where the body will get stuck in that state. And not only are people not sleeping, then they'll see the other um, cascades of that sympathetic nervous system activation, right? Whether it shows up as anxiety, mm -hmm. uh, long, longer term depression as well. Um, the nausea, the photosensitivity, the yes. noise sensitivity, right? Because your nervous system is on high alert. It's really just hypervigilant. That's what it is because it's worried. What if it happens again? So really that I find a lot of my work actually with my patients is actually shifting the, the autonomic nervous system into that parasympathetic because it doesn't, not that it doesn't matter what we do, but I can give you supplements, you know, and yes, they, some will help to shift the nervous system. But if your digestion is off because you're in that sympathetic state, right? We're not in that rest and digest. So we're not digesting properly. You're not going to assimilate your food properly when you're trying to rehab people your body's still trying to just make sure you're safe. Mm -hmm. So there's so many pieces that interplay with that nervous system component. Absolutely. And I'm happy you mentioned the photosensitivity too, because that's a huge education piece, even in my office is that actually it's very related to the nervous system, that photosensitivity piece, your, your pupillary response, yeah. right. Is just, and even uh, sound sensitivity too. Right. Often once the we just nurture the system back to health, back to calm, some of these sensitivities kind of melt away. Yeah. And I feel like that's really your jam is what you see in the visual system. You would obviously pick that up way more Absolutely. with your work. <laughs> and so, okay. So we know people maybe are not sleeping very well because of this heightened nervous system response and being stressed about recovery kind of again snowball right and when you can't sleep you get worried because you know you can't sleep and then you can't sleep even more and so we might look for strategies to help us sleep and some of them are healthy is not the right word um, but let's say some of them are a little more gentle on the system than others so I'm not sure what your favorite ones are, but like deep breathing before bed or maybe progressive muscle relaxation. I know a lot of my patients like that one or using different apps, maybe some supplements. Mm -hmm. What are your more natural favorites, would you say? Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. 
Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a It's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. It's a great question. There's so many. Um, so going over sleep hygiene as a whole, and I think I'm pretty sure you do this already. It sounds like in your your practice as well, but we'll obviously do it. And then there's yes, so much sure. to talk about it too. So we'll we'll discuss it. Um, so mornings, so sleep hygiene, everyone's like, oh yes, it's about what I do before I go to sleep. Um, but sleep hygiene really begins in the morning with morning sunlight. And setting that circadian rhythm, which is our 24-hour clock. So our circadian rhythm, everything is tied to that 24-hour clock, all our hormonal cycles. So when we're even looking to balance things like hormones, which often, which almost in every and almost everyone, they're impacted in post-concussion. So digestive function, everything is linked to that circadian rhythm. So morning sun is a massive piece. Um, being mindful of caffeine and caffeine intake, people don't realize. The half-life of caffeine is about five to six hours, but it can take up to 10 hours to leave your system, right? So if you're having that afternoon coffee, that could still be, if you're having it two in the afternoon for some people, you know, that could be like midnight or two in the morning if they're slower metabolizers and you're wondering why you can't get to sleep. Um, some of the obvious ones too, are, we talk a lot about screens, mm -hmm. uh, not just because of the blue light, but also the flicker that comes from the screen. So it's essentially like having a strobe light in your face. Um, and then really just using light. And I, this was a learning one too, for me, because the sun sets so early here. So the sun is setting by like, you yeah, about that, essentially. <laughs> yeah. So I was actually struggling with it a little bit because the sun in the, like in the 
like near the solstice, it would set by like two 30 in the afternoon. So you almost felt like you had two days and you're like, how do you not mess with your circadian rhythm Mm -hmm. when you need to turn on the lights? Because like, we can't just go to sleep at, I mean, we want to, but we can't just go to sleep at two 30 in the afternoon. So what time does the sun come up when it's, when it's going down at two (laughs) 30? So some days it, it feels like it doesn't cause it's cloudy. Um, but then some days it's like nine, nine 30. So it, the days are oh very gosh. short. Okay. Yeah. So, so really like flicking your lights on and being yes. like, okay, it's morning. It's morning. Right? And then it's morning. And then nighttime, because we've messed with our rhythm, essentially because we, have, we almost have to, because we're, you know, we still work and function past two 30 in the afternoon. Of course. <laughs> Most days. <laughs> So then it's, okay, what do I do to wind down at night? So really being mindful of um, the lights and blue blocker glasses if we need them. And definitely are a lot of our technology now has actual filters on it. So you can flick on your night shift modes and things like that. Um, and then you talked about some of the things as far as sleep support. So um, some of my favorites, they seem super simple, but they work really, really well is even things like lavender. So lavender essential oil can okay. be a great one. Um, so you can use it in multiple different ways. So you can diffuse it in your room. Um, you can put it on the bottom of your feet. If you're using a therapeutic grade one, you can actually take it internally. Um, chamomile and chamomile tea. Um, there's beautiful sleep blends as well. Some of them have L-theanine and GABA in it. Um, so different, yeah, different neurotransmitters that will actually, they're like nature's chill pill. Um, lemon balm and passion flower are other ones. So um, there's some good teas. There's also supplements. So there's a, a variety for people. And sometimes it's trying out um, different things that work. Right. And some, sometimes it's also figuring out, you know, is there a cortisol piece that we need to help manage as well, right? So. Yeah, and that's why it's great to collaborate with a naturopathic doctor who can do the testing and see um, where there might be blind spots, essentially, in right. terms of why you're not falling asleep. Right. Yeah. Cause I feel like melatonin is everyone's kind of go-to and mm-hmm. while it's important, right. And it's also neuroprotective and a neuroanti-inflammatory. So it has so many benefits, which is also why it's increased while we sleep. Um, a lot of people are like, Oh, I've taken melatonin and it doesn't work per se, but right. it's not a sleep pill, right. It's, it's a darkness signal and the signal we should be helping our body already create that signal. Right. Right. So we can support it. Um, but then also we need to, it's not like, oh, I, you know, bright lights and screens and everything. I take my melatonin, I fall asleep. Like that's (laughs) not how it works. Right. So it's working with your body too. And and balancing that out. And like you said, right. It's the other things like whether it's breathing exercises, Vegas nerve exercises. Mm -hmm. Um, so anything from singing, humming, chanting, um, cold plunges are a great one. They're becoming more popular as well in cold showers, um, abdominal massages to actually innervate oh, yes. um, the diaphragm, right? So, and to actually massage the vagus nerve where it innervates the diaphragm. Yeah. So there's, there's a lot there of different options. options. Less, so then, many options. Right? Now, sometimes, and this is how I became so passionate about sleep is people mm-hmm. will choose over-the-counter sleep aids that come under a variety of names and often a sleep aid and an antihistamine will be the same over-the-counter medication just branded differently right and my personal experience 
with these medications because I have a long history of sleep issues was that I started to lose my memory. And then lo and behold, there is some research that these medications can have a negative effect on memory, maybe even be linked to Alzheimer's, et cetera. So we know there's a lot of research on this. And so let's talk a little bit about that because a lot of my, and I'm very, when patients come into my office, like I'm pretty opinionated on this and just really because of my personal experience and encourage them to think about what that medication might be doing to their brain. I've even seen differences. I'm not sure if you have, but when patients have been on these types of uh, medications would basically interfere with your acetylcholine, right? Like your memory producing transmitter. What is, so there are the different brand names. What is it, what is it called? D-methyl, what is that chemical I'm referring to? Diphenylhydramine. Yes. Diphenhydramine. Sorry. That's right. Yes. Diphenhydramine. Yeah. You, we'll put it in the show notes, but if you Google yep. that, you will see that there are a number of, I think every single sleep aid actually includes this um, chemical. So yes, personal experience, experience with my patients and in the research is that it can interfere with memory. And why I think this is so fascinating too, is because people will experience or at least subjectively that their memory is impaired after concussion. So again, just this like cornucopia of overlapping symptoms and experiences. So yeah, so I wanted to talk a little bit about the sleep aids and there are different, there's the first generation ones, which I was using, which appear to be the most harmful. I'll just say which one I was taking, which was sleep ease was the name. Um, but then there are some second and third generation ones. So maybe if you want to speak to this and your thoughts and experiences with that. Yeah, I think it's actually beautiful that you share your own personal experience, because I think so many people can relate to this too, right? And, and having both the clinician side and then the research, it's it gives people so much um, information to basically weigh the pros and cons on, but you're absolutely right. So how these work is they actually block um, the cholinergic has anticholinergic effects. So they block the choline and choline acetylcholine is responsible for memory formation. So when you start to block it, then obviously the very neuro or the very uh, thing that's needed to actually make um, or to help with memory formation is not happening, right? So you're blocking that whole cascade. So that in that is exactly how, <laughs> or we suppose that's exactly how it happens, right? We can't 100% say, because right. sometimes we go back years later and we're like, ooh, maybe that mechanism of action wasn't 100%. <laughs> Take right, that episode right? down. <laughs> Take that down. So caveat, for now, that's how we think it is. Yes. But, you know, it always changes. Um, so along with the anticholinergic effects, and the impaired memory, there's also other side effects that people notice. So the dry eyes and the dry mouth, they'll also have difficulty focusing because it basically puts it in the eyes also into like a state of dilation and pupils that more like heightened awareness, right? So once again, Oh, that's interesting. um, I didn't know that. Yeah. So then you'll, they'll become more 
are less responsive to light as well. So then, and this is an important piece, like you were mentioning, right? It's important to tease out, is this a medication side effect or is this because of the concussion? Because the last thing, you know, we're always taught as naturopathic doctors, okay, we definitely don't want to supplement like the side effects of a medication oh with, gosh, right? right? Like, cause then you just end up with this like pile of stuff that you're taking and you're like, what's what and who's who. Um, so figuring out what's the side effect, what's actually more root cause. Um, and that's an important piece as well. And then when you're looking at things like stomach motility, that can also lead to constipation. So then we're getting gut issues and the gut and the brain are intimately connected. Um, physically through the vagus nerve, but then also the enteric nervous system, right? So there's so many pieces as well. It can also produce tachycardia. So once again, a lot of people will get more of those like palpitations, anxiety, they'll feel that. Um, and the first generation antihistamines, they will cross the blood brain barrier. So they go through, but I remember you reached out to me once and you're like, Hey, I have a patient who's taking a center, second generation antihistamine. Um, and we were discussing it. And the other important piece to remember here is when there's a head injury, there's a breakdown of the blood brain barrier. So really most molecules, even if they're small, will probably still get through. So you're still going to see a lot of those side effects that maybe in an un, a not concussed patient with an intact blood brain barrier wouldn't pose as much um, of an impact or have as many side effects, but when you have that leaky blood brain barrier, you're going to see more of those symptoms. Um, and yeah, so some of those symptoms will actually be the eyes. So you can get like blurred vision or just the, the pupils will be less responsive to light. Um, there could be agitation, uh, constipation, dry mouth, um, even hyperthermia. So then once again, mm, you know, yeah, it's, you know, when we're looking at exercise tolerance again, and the tachycardia piece, right. And clearing athletes back to, or players or whoever back to sport as well if they're already tachycardic and they're hyperthermic they're going to be less tolerant to exercise so these can all play important pieces of the puzzle you know it's really interesting well a side note my patient is no longer taking that to the honestly it was very that was a really challenging case because so the antihistamine it was actually for the antihistamine Mm -hmm. effect and then you're and so some of you out there also might be weighing quality of life you want to sleep or you don't want to get these hives but then this supplement is impairing other functions right so balancing them all but in terms of the memory piece we sleep so that we can form memories but then if we're taking this supplement it's actually not allowing us to form memories so just like really um, doing a thorough history, I guess, from a clinician side of view, and then really asking questions from a patient side of view, even if you think something is over the counter and quote unquote, safe or harmless, right? Everything has an effect and, and potentially has an interaction, or if you're recovering from a concussion or anything else, your body is a little bit more vulnerable. So we want to make sure everything we do is as safe as possible. And you, I think that raises another important point right there as you were speaking. It's, you know, even though things are legal and safe, right? Some people will use alcohol or some people will use weed or marijuana to sleep. Um, and those also will impact REM sleep. So then the quality of sleep is further impacted as well, right? Yes. So just there's, like you said, it's always like there, 
we have to be very mindful because there could be ramifications that we're not, we're like, it's almost like that short-term gain Mm -hmm. to try and fix things. But then it just becomes like this hamster wheel of like, okay, what do we need to wean people off of? And what else now do we need to fix that's underlying? Right. So, um, I mean, that's not to say sometimes we don't use things to help support sleep. We absolutely do. Um, right. Depending on the situation. Um, but I always like to think, okay, how can we naturally support, Mm -hmm as best as we can with the least amount of side effects. Um, and that even goes for allergy season, right? Like I know, I know we're only in January when we're recording, but <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> you know, depending Someone where we might are be listening to this <laughs> in March. <laughs> yeah. So there's, there's, there's a lot of things we can do naturally as well to support the immune system and the allergy response, because like you said, the, the sleep medications and the antihistamines are often cross-branded right? So then they're, yes, we're taking them for one thing, but we might be taking the same thing for, <laughs> for yes. something oh else because gosh. they Imagine just change the label, up. right? And that does happen because people it, don't realize, right? Yes. So, and that's the other important thing is just being mindful and checking what am I actually taking? Absolutely. Because that's, that's a really important point too, is people might be doubling up during allergy season. Right? I didn't even think of that until yeah. now. Yeah, same. Right? So, what did I want to say? Oh, yes. So, we will not, this is a separate episode where maybe we can talk about allergies. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) But what I wanted to say, because you are definitely an amazing resource, so people can find you on Naturally Neuro. Mm -hmm. People can actually work with you virtually, or they can work with you in person. If they're yes. in Stockholm, um, what do you have sort of, or if there's anything else you want to mention, and then also what do you have coming up? Um, how can people reach out to you? Other ways to work with you? Yeah, um, I think the other thing we were talking about is waking up in the middle of the night and some oh, sleep yes. disturbances. Yeah. Yes. Um, so we'll just touch on that briefly because yes. that also happens uh, for some patients where they feel like, they're like, Oh, I can get to sleep. And then like, I wake up at one o'clock in the morning or three o'clock in the morning. And I just can't like, I'm wide awake and I can't get back to sleep. And that's also super frustrating for people. So that can often be a blood sugar drop in the middle of the night. So when our blood sugar drops, what will happen is cortisol or stress hormone will increase to release the, the sugar from our stores. So to actually compensate for that drop in the blood sugar, but we don't just compensate by increasing the blood sugar. We also wake up because cortisol, we get a morning spike of cortisol to actually wake us up, which is a normal response. And so one thing people can do is making sure that for for some people, they'll actually need to have almost like a a bedtime snack of protein and healthy fats to actually get them through the night so that their blood sugar isn't dropping. Um, And then some people are getting up a lot in the middle of the night to because they have to pee. They're constantly mm-hmm. like, because people are told like, oh, you have to stay hydrated, right? With a head injury to help that support that lymphatic system. So um, minerals are a big, big one. Um, and I say minerals, not electrolytes, because a lot of the commercial stuff is full of junk. Um, r- r- junk. It's literal <laughs> junk. Like it should not be fluorescent. Um, if it looks like that, it's really not good for your brain, regardless if you have yes. a concussion or not. Um, so I always say minerals um, because 
the more water we drink and we're not taking minerals and the more we actually flush out. So then it kind of becomes this cycle of like, you're not actually retaining the water that you do need. It's not getting into your cells where it's needed the most. Um, so those are two other pieces where people are finding, okay, this is keeping me up in the middle of the night. Or I'm waking up because I don't know why I'm waking up at three in the morning or I'm waking mm -hmm. up because I have to pee all the time. So those are some other pieces, I think, with regards to sleep. Yes, that blood sugar drop. I'm, I actually was thinking about it and then I forgot and then you brought it up. So that's good. <laughs> that's my memory. That's my memory lapse. Um, it's all good. But I often, yes, recommend to patients if we're trying to tease that out. Also, if maybe some almonds before bed or avocado, something high fat, um, yeah. high protein that's going to digest a little bit slower. Do you have any other sort of go-tos in terms of a bedtime snack or before before bed snack? Yeah, those are the two big ones. Okay, um, Yeah, yeah. And then sometimes even honey, like we'll, oh, yes. we'll help out. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. So combination, combination of things. And sometimes it does take a little bit of trial and error to figure out like, you know, what works and how much do I need from my body? Because everyone's different. Yeah, absolutely. Not, yeah. not an entire bowl of avocados. <laughs> I mean, they are delicious and good for you, but. <laughs> Amazing. And so, yeah. So how can people connect with you? Yeah. So and I'm what should they Instagram. look out for? <laughs> yeah. So I am on Instagram at naturally underscore neural. And my website is drbrigida.com. Um, I don't have anything too wild on the go. Um, been working on on clinic and and getting it up and going here so that's mainly what I've been focusing on and keeping my my patients um in Canada as well but I do work with anyone worldwide as well so they can always find me there and book online as well amazing well I'll definitely put that in the show notes thank and you, we'll be you. sharing this near and far so <laughs> hopefully people connect with you and we definitely need a follow-up episode absolutely and just keep spreading the word. Thank you so, so much for your time. I know it's later there than it is here. So um, it I just looks later. Yes. <laughs> yeah, what time is it there? It's, it's only four, five o'clock. Right? Oh, yeah. okay. Like it looks like it's 11 p.m. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, I hope you have an amazing weekend and Thank you. Um, we'll connect again soon. Thank you so much for having me on. It's uh, blast as always. Thank you. Thanks for being here. Thanks, Bye. Melissa. Bye. 
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.